You are now tuned into the Cinema Tribe Daily Movie News Breakdown. Hello, guys. Welcome to, uh, so daily. Let's just do some house cleaning for a second. So daily, I'm going to be doing these breakdowns. I'm going to break down four movie topics per day, uh, Monday through Friday on Anchor. And this is the first topic ever. So DC oops revealed the story already so warner brothers has announced four untitled movie release dates which include two new dc movies an animated movie being dropped on june 1st 2018 one event film on december 13 2019 but i want to focus on those dc movies that they talked about which will be dropping on february 14th 2020 and the other on june 5th 2020 so uh i don't know who they think they're fooling by not saying anything i don't know why you would just you wouldn't just announce it, but uh, then again, Comic-Con is right around the corner, so that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, but one of these is for sure a Wonder Woman sequel. I don't understand why you wouldn't release a Wonder Woman movie. Uh, it doesn't make... Like, if it's if one of these is not a Wonder Woman movie, then they're messing up, for sure. Uh, Patty Jenkins is on track to come back, but she's going to ask for a lot more moolah. Um, and her and Jeff Johns have said that they are working on the treatment, so like, one of the, this... One of these is for sure uh, Wonder Woman sequel. I would estimate the one in June, uh, June 5th, 2020. I would estimate that being the the one that's going to kick off the summer or be midsummer, I guess. I don't really know when the summer... Summer starts in, like, March now because we got Logan in March. So, like, I mean, s- summer's always now. Uh, yeah, so for sure, June 5th, 2020 is the Wonder Woman movie. The Flash, Cyborg, and Black Adam don't yet have release dates, so those are probably going to be the ones in contention for that February 14th, 2020 spot. Um, I'd, I'd go with The Flash, because it seems the easiest to market around Valentine's Day, just given the coloring of his suit. Uh, I know that's a dumb point, but, I mean, it's possible. I can picture a Flash movie doing very well Valentine's Day weekend. Comic-Con is literally right around the corner, so I don't think we'll have to wait long for the full details, but this has just been my quick breakdown. I hope you enjoyed this, and uh, I got Mountain Dew. All right, bye. <laughs> you are now tuned into the Cinema Tribe Daily Movie News Welcome back to our second breakdown, and this one, we've got a doozy. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets is being released this Friday opposite Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, and there's another movie coming out this week, but I forgot what it is. Oh, no. Um, okay. Uh, it's projected to open to under $20 million with a budget of, get this, $180 million. Oh, my God. That's a flop. Despite the projections direct direct mm, despite the correct oh my god. Despite the projections director Luke Basson said in an interview with Nudist, I can't say actual human words. Uh he didn't say that. He said I finished the number 2 already. I'm, I'm writing the number 3. I don't know if we will do it because it's not up to me. It's up to the audience if they like it. So a few things here. One this is never not a smart move. Having the script ready to go is always a good idea, even if it could potentially flop and is projected to do so. 
That way, if it is a surprise hit and randomly makes it big, then you're ready to strike while the iron's hot and you don't wait around like James Cameron has with Avatar, and then you're left with a sequel no one wants to see. Not to mention the fact that, man, I respect this guy's work ethic because he is... Childish Gambino, he take he took Childish Gambino's advice. He is staying woke because he knows these niggas is creeping. He's ready for his passion project to be a success, and I respect the hell out of that. Which brings me to number two. This is gonna flop. It, it just is. And it's not even his fault. I've heard a few people say this looks visually interesting, and I agree with them, and the movie itself could be absolutely, it could be the best movie of the year. But the marketing hasn't pulled its weight and showed us what we need to see to get some butts in these seats. It's been banking on the star power of the two leads who have proven themselves in the past incapable of leading a film or bringing audience members in. They're great actors, Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne, but Cure for Wellness didn't do very well earlier this year, and Cara Delevingne didn't get out scot-free on the whole Suicide Squad situation. She actually received a lot of criticism for her performance there. But I mean, Paper Towns did okay on like a $15 million budget and made like 85 worldwide. So that did all right. Uh, but then again, she wasn't the main star. The projection, just the, the $20 million projection for this film feels right. Especially opposite of no, yeah, opposite of Nolan film, no one's gonna see this. Everyone's gonna go see, Christopher Nolan's one of the most famous directors ever of all time. He's like, the modern Steven Spielberg. If you ask the uh, the mainstream audience member who doesn't understand movie news or doesn't talk about movies often who Christopher Nolan is, they know who that is. And he's never been on camera. I mean, he's probably been on camera. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't fact check that one. But he's primarily a director and a writer. And so I think people are gonna go see Dunkirk because of that. And there's a lot of hype back in this one. It's gonna be big. And I don't think Luke Besson's gonna get a sequel. But that's all good. He doesn't seem to care because he went on to say, But my friends are saying, why are you writing the second one? You don't even know if you're going to do it. I don't care. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just happy to write it. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying writing it. So I don't even wait. I'm just like writing for myself. And so I finished the two already. And I get bored a month ago. So I said, let's write the third. And honestly, all this did for me was get me pumped. The passion and excitement he seems to have for this universe is infectious. I like Luc Besson's films. I love Taken. Um, I did not like Lucy. Wow, Lucy was bad. The Fifth Element's amazing. I've been critical of his latest stuff, but I think he seems inspired, and this movie looks stunning. It looks absolutely beautiful, if nothing else. I can't wait to experience this in 3D on the big screen. Ooh! That's gonna be a friggin' big corn, two kazoozle, friggin' one nos, giant popcorn, sprite, nos, kazoozle type day. That's gonna be a friggin' big day. We got a big weekend, and I'm so excited. Lit, let me get a dab for that one. <laughs> Alright. You are now tuned into the Cinema Tribe Daily Movie News Breakdown. Hey, 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 is for horses and mules. The hateful AAA8, Walter Goggins, this is a weird intro. Walter Goggins has signed on to Marvel's upcoming follow-up to Ant-Man and, god damn it, to, oh my headphones, 
has signed on to Marvel's upcoming follow-up to Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is set to once again star Paul Rudd and is going to expand the role of Evangeline Lilly uh, as the Wasp. Outside of that, Walter Goggins will be joining Michael Douglas, Michael Pena, lots of Michaels, T.I., and Randall Park. There's no word on who will be playing, but seeing as how filming is uh, set to begin at the end at the end of this month and Comic-Con is soon, we should get a full cast list and character details very soon. Ant-Man and the Wasp is set for a July 6, 2018 release date and is once again directed by Peyton Reed. Walter Goggins is staying very busy in 2018. He's also going to be opposite Alicia Vikander in the 2018 uh, adaptation of Tomb Raider and the third Maze Runner film, The Death Cure. I'm very excited for that Tomb Raider film. I think that one of all of these video game movies could be the one that proves that you can make a good video. I don't understand why we can't make a good video game movie, but that's for another time. The third Maze Runner movie is going to be horrible. The second one sucked. The first one I actually kind of liked, but the second one hurt my soul so deeply. It's bad, 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 bad. Uh, Alright, opinion time. So, speaking of bad, 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 I hated Ant-Man. I thought it was a huge missed opportunity. Peyton Reed was for sure the wrong guy to direct that. And Edgar Wright should have just been given the creative freedom that would have helped, that would have supported him in staying on board. Plus, that movie just felt like mechanical corporate filmmaking at its lowest. Every second of that film felt super glossy and manufactured. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care for it. So Peyton Reed returning does worry me because I don't like him as a director, at least in this universe. I think he can, I think he's done some some good stuff uh, on his own in comedy, but I don't think he's the right person for this. Uh, I think he could potentially evolve and come into his own with this franchise because, I mean, the problem might have been that he wasn't given enough time as he was just Edgar Wright's last-minute replacement, and then he was just thrust into this, and he wasn't given a whole lot of lot of prep. So him being given a lot of prep here, it might, uh, it might serve better for us. As for Walter Goggins, I love him and everything he's in. He was amazing in The Hateful Eight. No one mistreats him like Quentin Tarantino, even though he's often typecast as the sniveling asshole of the film. He's a very good sniveling asshole. What can I say? And it's just the role he's very good in. And I'm excited to see what Peyton Reed has in store. Granted, I don't care for him as a director, but I think he can evolve and grow into this franchise. And the second time around, this is one situation where I am behind a director returning for the sequel. I don't think he should return if there is a third installment, though. I hope this is less of the same as last time, but I might be being too optimistic. So there's that. Oh, I almost threw up. Alright, this one really fucking sucks. So, we have to discuss, in our last topic, we have to discuss two deaths. So, first one is Oscar Award, Oscar Academy Award winning actor Martin Landau. He passed away at 89, and I want to just, I want to just discuss their legacies and what they were able to do in their in their uh in their time these always suck to talk about uh martin landau memorable roles and ed wood i personally he was oh, sorry let me slow down for a second memorable roles in ed wood in nine in north by northwest uh he won one oscar for um for his supporting role in ed wood 
and he was in the original television series Mission Impossible. Uh, I personally didn't get a chance to grow up with him, and so I was introduced to him in films like Frank and Weenie and Entourage, uh, more specifically in live-action Entourage, because uh, he he played such a memorable role. He's got such a memorable face, and he was perfect casting for the role he was in in Entourage as a businessman, an executive, and uh, that's what I'll always remember him as. On I, everyone's gonna have their their memories with Martin Landau because he's such a prolific and uh, long-standing actor. TV movies, the the guy was extremely extremely talented. He's everything that you can strive to be as an actor. He, I've watched a few interviews, seems like a super good guy, uh, and it's just, it's a fucking loss, and normally what happens is these deaths come in threes, so uh, the second one is unfortunately George A. Romero, who I probably have a stronger connection to than I did with Martin Landau, as uh, George A. Romero was a huge influence on uh, a friend of my family uh, who does tattoos. He he directed uh, Night of the Living Dead. He basically invented the zombie genre. He's the master of genre filmmaking. He's a producer. Every time you saw his name as a producer on something, you you immediately were interested. I remember that movie, The Crazy, seeing his name attached to that made me more interested in that. He also was a writer of Dawn of the Dead, writer of Land of the Dead, uh, and producer of Night of the Living Dead. He he directed many, many zombie films, but that shouldn't be all he's known for. He also directed Creepshow. He's just an amazing, an amazing uh, genre filmmaker. Not even just, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, not even, he, he's just so amazing at creating scary movies creating and I know that sounds like to call his film scary movies almost minimalizes what they were because they literally created genres he is the original zombie movie filmmaker and always will be he was amazing up until he passed away uh yeah fuck this one just sucks and uh there's no way around that so just <sighs> me, I, 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 my thoughts go out to the families. Uh, they, had, these two amazing, amazing men accomplished so much in their lifetime, so much that I, I wish I could accomplish in my lifetime, and I aspire to accomplish in my lifetime. And uh, yeah, they'll be missed. <laughs>